0: This is an Algoa FM News Exclusive. Hello, my podcast community. It's been like forever since we spoke, and I must say I've missed talking to you and discussing the case of Vicky Ter Blanche. Chances are that this case will only start in 2024 but there have been some new developments in terms of the indictment against Reynard Leach and Arnold Tablange. Basically now that this matter has officially been transferred to the High Court – This is the state's final indictment outlining exactly what they are charging the deal with and a summary from the state on what they call substantial facts in the matter. If you've been following this podcast, then I can tell you the final indictment is pretty much what we already discussed in the podcast, and there's not really any new or shocking information as it pertains to the state's case. In this episode, I will break down the charges faced by the accused and highlight some significant changes to the state witness list. In the last episode, I gave a breakdown on the state witnesses, which at the time consisted of 42 names. That list has now grown to 48. But what was of particular interest to me was the fact that six people had been removed and replaced by six others, And another six have been added. Remember, I did say that the state was allowed to change this list. So let's start with who was removed from the list. Most notably, Dylan Cullis, who's already serving time in prison for Vicky's murder. Cullis took a plea deal with the state, if you can remember. So the state is relying on that particular affidavit to support their case. Remember, if Dylan had taken the stand... He would have had to stick to his plea agreement and he would not have been able to sway from what he said. So under cross-examination, this could have been a challenge for the state if colours got cornered by the defence. Added to the list, some more police officers and someone from the Forensic Chemistry Laboratory in Cape Town who will obviously come testify about the drugs found in Vicky's system when she died. Last but certainly not least is the lead investigating officer, Connor Swanepoel. Arnold's daughter and her husband are also state witnesses. And then there's one last witness I'm not allowed to share with you. So, yo, the state is roped in Arnold's daughter, son-in-law, ex-girlfriend and her twin sister to come and testify against him. Imagine awkward Sunday lunches where they are not supposed to talk about the case. But how do they not? And Arnold is not allowed to interfere with state witnesses because that's one of his bail conditions testifying against your father no matter what the circumstances cannot be an easy thing to do and what man wants beef with his father-in-law now it's important to point out that the state does not have to call every single person on the list let's say and this is just an example let's say state advocate maria Stander decides he no longer wants to call arnold's ex-girlfriend or her sister to the stand then once the state closes their case those witnesses become available to the defence. So that will mean that Peter Doberman will be allowed to call them to testify for Arnold. But then, of course, the circumstances will change significantly because then you will be cross-examined by the state. And that could also put a spanner in the wheels. Court cases for me is very much like a chess game. You know, every move must be considered and every possible counter move. Nevertheless, now that the matters moved to the High Court, Leach and Arnold finally, for the first time, appeared together in court. They made no eye contact with each other. Arnold was dressed in a very smart blue suit and seemed quite relaxed. Leach appeared wearing the same shirt he wore during his very first court appearance. But it was interesting to note that Leach had picked up some weight, as the shirt was a lot tighter around his body than almost two years ago. Leach's father and aunt were also at court. His aunt travelled all the way from Bloemfontein to see him. Lovely people. My heart really went out to them. No matter what Leach allegedly did, he is still someone's son. Let's now have a look at what Leach and Ter Blanche are being charged with. Reinhard Leach is facing eight charges conspiracy to commit murder, murder, robbery, unlawful possession of a firearm and unlawful possession of ammunition, as well as obstructing the course of justice and two counts for the possession of drugs. The first drug charge relates to his arrest when police allegedly found five packets of dacha and one packet of Tik in his vehicle. The second drug charge was when Leach was already in custody. He made an appearance in the magistrate's court in January of 2022 when police allegedly found a packet of Tik on him. Now, although each charge has a minimum sentence attached to it, if found guilty, the bottom line is that the state wants a life sentence for each. Arnold now is facing five charges. Conspiracy to commit murder. Murder. Obstructing the course of justice. Another charge of conspiracy to commit murder. And lastly, conspiracy to defeat the ends of justice. The first three charges relate to the death of Vicky. And remember, even though Arnold was not present at the murder scene, the state is charging him on the premise that he acted in a common purpose. Arnold's additional two charges stem from his time in St Albans. That is conspiracy to commit murder for allegedly wanting to have his co-accused, Leach, Cullis and Ridder, murdered, and then a charge of conspiracy to defeat the ends of justice. The last charge relates to his alleged dealings with Pindilezweni, where they allegedly conspired to get Kanna Swanepoel off the case and to bribe a magistrate to assist him in getting bail. You can catch up on detailed information on this in my previous episodes. For the charges against Arnold, the state is also asking for life in prison, specifically related to the death of Vicky. Now let's say, for example, Arnold is found not guilty on all the charges related to Vicky then remember, he might still be found guilty on the other charges that relates to his time in St Albans. But the bottom line again is that the state wants both Arnold and Leach to be sent to prison for life. So let's look now at the state's case, in a nutshell, as set out in the final indictment. According to the state, about two months before Vicky's murder, that would be August of 2021, Vicky wanted to have Arnold killed because she felt that she was not going to get the money in the divorce, the money she was entitled to, in terms of Chapter 1 of the Matrimonial Property Act 88 of 1984. Vicky believed that if Arnold was out of the picture, she will inherit in accordance with the accrual system, and she roped Leach into this plan according to the state. Then about a week before Vicky's murder, Leach realized that if they killed Arnold, Vicky would in fact not get any money and he decided to switch his allegiance to Arnold. He then asked to meet Arnold in person and told him that Vicky wanted him dead, not admitting that he was part of this conspiracy. It was also at this meeting, according to the state, where Leach told Arnold about Vicky's constant drug use, without disclosing the fact that he too was a drug addict. It was during this meeting Arnold and Leach agreed that he would ensure that Vicky continues using drugs so that her drug tests turn up positive, which would greatly assist in the custody battle for their minor son. And here they allegedly discussed that Vicky should ultimately be killed. Then, the day after this meeting in the Chelsea Sports Bar, is where the state mentions the name of Crystal Wiggle for the first time. The state says Wiggle, Arnold's ex, started looking for accommodation for Leach because it was envisaged that he would soon need a place to stay. The state says Arnold and Leach communicated with SIM cards that were not recorded at this point, and they also argue that it was Arnold who paid the money for Leach to go and buy the drugs that were used to assist in Vicky's death. They also said it was Arnold who paid for a rental car to assist Leach to drive to Cape Town to get a gun to kill Vicky. Leach had the car for two days but he never travelled to Cape Town. The co-owner of the company this vehicle was rented from is also a state witness. Lastly, I wanted to talk about Vicky's body. We know that her body was lying in her home for at least a day. Can you imagine? For nearly 24 hours, her body was lying in the spare bedroom of her townhouse. Then Leach instructed Callas and Deridit to change her clothes as she had urinated herself when she died, And then her body was shoved into the boot of the car. The state further argues that Leach and his co-accused went go kart driving while the car was parked in a parking lot with Vicky's body still in the boot. Now it was almost 48 hours after the murder and Vicky's body was still not disposed of. The state says Leach asked Arnold to use his rubber duck, but Arnold said no. Then they eventually got someone to dig a grave, but they told this guy it was for a dead animal, and he was paid for digging this grave. And this man is also a state witness. So, now you're up to date with the latest on this case, and going forward, I also want to use this platform to educate you on the law, how it works, because... Interesting things happen in court that is not always understood by the general public. So, my dedicated email address is still open for your comments and your questions, which I will gladly try and answer if I can. That address is journey to justice at algoafm.co.za. Until next time. That that was an Algoa FM news exclusive.